Today is January 15th, 2021, and I saw a post on Facebook this morning where someone mentioned that it's already clear that 2021 will not be better than 2020. Therefore, they will put their hopes in 2022. And if I could just say one thing, it's that if we're going to have a conversation about hope, 2020 is far too close, and 2022 is far too soon. 2020 was, by most definitions, a bad year in the U.S. Although, in fact, I have sincerely wondered whether it was bad enough, but I suppose that's part of a different conversation. And it seems likely that 2021 is already following suit. Just another continuation in the timeline. Just another year in the history books. And before we know it, all of these years will be in the books. And shut and stuck up on a shelf somewhere. At least until your 10th grade A push teacher gets a hold of one. And certainly there is value in reflecting on the recent past and looking forward to the near future. The Bible calls us to examine ourselves. Although I will admit that more often than not, that is in a very immediate present sense. But biblical encouragement is event-focused. For most of scripture, it's God speaking to his people and saying, Remember when that specific thing happened? Well, guess what? After that same pattern, this very specific thing will happen in the future. Remember when I met with Abraham? or Moses, or Jacob, or Esau, or you all, at that very particular moment in history. Then, you should know that this promise of the next thing is true. Despite how it can sometimes seem, Christians should be the easiest to encourage. Not only because it's impossible to substantially encourage anyone outside of God's people, at least within their own framework, but because the church has the entire mystery of salvation revealed to them. On the grand scheme of things, there's nearly no more by faith without sight guessing for us. We are in the last days, as the Bible calls it. There's only one more chapter to the story. There's only one thing left. Jesus' return, marking full redemption. For the Christian... They simply need to be reminded of the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Christ, the gospel. And all eschatological and existential questions are answered in surety. Why is there suffering? Is there a God? Who is this God? How can I be saved? What does it mean to have a relationship with God? Who is this Messiah? Can I trust God? Why do things die? Why do people do wicked things? Can I trust the Bible? Why does sin matter? How is sin defeated? How is evil defeated? How can I be sure I know God? And even smaller questions are answered. Why do I like bread so much? Why is the sun so bright? How come sheep are so dumb? But demi jokes aside, that's what we stand on. That slash those very specific, very particular events are what reorient our footing. But we also get the surest forward-looking hope of anyone in history. There's one last, albeit multifaceted, promise. He's coming back. And so we run to meet our Savior. We follow after him. And there's only one direction. There's no crossing deserts. There's no physical promised land. There's no earthly Jerusalem or temple. There's Christ. 
And what our little mobile temple pieces do while we're embodied counts for eternity. And whether I go overseas or 30 miles from my hometown or never leave my bed for the rest of my life, I can move through time toward eternity in his direction. I've heard Paul Washer describe salvation as getting hit by an 18-wheeler Mack truck. And I guess this is sort of like the rule our parents teach us of looking both ways before crossing a street. You look right, look left, maybe as you're starting to cross, you look right again, just to be sure. Except perhaps that the goal here is to get hit with the majesty of God's glory from both sides. Look right, get hit with the glory of all he's already done. Look left, get hit with the glory of all he is and will do. And just keep walking until you finally reach your destination on the other side.